and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here as always with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Hello, buddy! Uh, on this week's slightly delayed episode, we'll be uh, taking a look at a couple of the bigger news stories from around the league over the last couple of weeks, and also having a more detailed look in, at the uh, NFC North and NFC South to see how the uh, the likes of the Packers, the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Saints, amongst others, uh, will fare this coming season. But, uh, first off, how are you doing, G? You all okay? Yeah, I'm all right. I mean, I'm rushing around, scatterbrained, um, uh, without going too far into into t- behind the scene technical details. I've been fighting my computer. I get the feeling that Dan is ready to strike at me with a large implement because because <laughs> I've delayed him and, and separated him from I don't know his food or his wife, either of which are perfectly reasonable things to be grumpy about. It's fine, don't worry. It's not a problem. Okay, uh, so let's uh, have a look at some of the, uh, the the news articles from the last uh, few weeks. First of all, uh, Derek Carr, the Oakland Raiders quarterback. Uh, they're they're currently negotiations uh, with for a new contract with uh, with him um Ian Rappaport of the of NFL Media believes that the, the negotiations could see him becoming the first quarterback to earn twenty five million dollars, which I'm, a year, which I'm assuming includes bonuses and things like that. That's not going to be uh, just your just your base salary, but twenty five million dollars is a huge amount of money, absolutely ludicrous, I would say, especially for someone who I I personally don't see as being one of the one of the kind of the elite quarterbacks of the league. What's what's your take on it, Jay? I'm interested to hear that you say that you don't think he's one of the elite quarterbacks. Do you I not think he's he heading that way? Were you but not impressed with what happened last season? I mean, he's good. He's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a good quarterback. But I, I, I don't think he's he's not worthy of, of, of the, the the bigger paychecks, I wouldn't say, personally. Really? Did you not see what happened to him when he went down injured at the end of the last season? And could you not argue that um, he's beginning to look like he might um, surpass Andrew Luck, who everybody loves, who's been struggling, and that's because of the team around, not because he's not a great quarterback. But, you know, the, the money we're talking here is a step up from uh, sort of Aaron Rodgers' money and, and the other highly paid quarterbacks, but it's not yeah. like it's out of sight. Now, I I'm still would be arguing to him that actually, if you could do some kind of Tom Brady deal, not quite to that extent, but you know, if you'd be willing to come and meet us in the middle, then we're going to be more competitive. And there is always that danger when you pay a quarterback you know that amount of money that you know you're going to have holes in other where your roster, and that was always the argument that was levied against Peyton Manning, but. I can see, I can see where where that figure has come from. Even if if it would make me swallow awfully hard if I was a Raiders fan. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, exactly. It's it's going to be a huge hit on the salary cap, isn't it? It's, is it is it really worth it to keep him for for, for that amount of money? Yeah, because we don't have um, enough quarterbacks to go around. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. There's, there's definitely <laughs> not enough. And this there's... is the thing: is that. Um, the reason that salary is so big is because when you have one of those quarterbacks that you believe you can compete with, you do everything to hold on to him. Um, yeah. And that's why they're trying to do it early. That's why the previous most expensive quarterback in the world was Andrew Luck, I believe. He, he did the big extension last year. They're trying to yeah. get in early. And the bit about the elite thing is interesting for me because, okay, he might not be elite now, but you're looking at a young wave of quarterbacks and, and do you, has he not done more than Winston Mariota... Uh, you know, as good as they are, Carson Wentz. But you know, is he not leading the field? Agreed. Yeah, agreed. He's he's worth more than those guys. Yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah, I agree. But uh, not more than the likes of, of of Rogers, Brady, those kind of guys. I, I just can't. I, I can't get my head around it personally. I know he's he's a good quarterback. Like I say, I, I don't disagree at all that he's a good quarterback. I just I don't I, I, disagree with you. I think this is just a function of the market, and yeah. and and you know the lefty me is going to say this is why markets aren't always the best system of way of dealing with things. But you know, no one's forcing the Raiders to pay this money. 
They're not. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know, we don't actually have a deal to comment on yet. But this is why those figures are up there because there aren't enough quarterbacks to go around. No. Um, well, uh, what well, another uh, another story that uh, that's that's uh, I've, I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, Brandon Albert in in, in Jacksonville. Jaguars. Um, they look to strengthen their offensive line in the off season, uh, and they've signed Brandon Albert from uh, from the Dolphins. Um, but as of a few weeks ago, the head coach uh, Doug Marone had said that that that. Uh, he'd not seen. I don't think he'd seen or spoken to him since since he'd arrived. Which must, for me, is, if if you were a Jaguars fan, you'd be you'd be worried, wouldn't you? It's it's last weekend he has now said that he's going to be turning up to to man to the manager mini camp. Um, but it, it's it doesn't seem to me. It seems like to me there's there's more to the story. What, what do you reckon to it? I think that he's angling for a new contract, and you'll notice that so far all he's missed is voluntary stuff, and it doesn't hurt his dollars. Yeah. Uh, next week we're going to turn up and start having the mandatory mini camps, and lo and behold, he's going to appear. And I think it's a negotiating tactic because isn't he like at the end of, he's got like one year left on his deal, and I believe he wants an extension. Well, he's only this is his first year in Jacksonville, isn't it? Yeah, he's literally just been traded, but yeah. you know he hasn't signed a new contract, so he'll still be because he was traded. He'll still be on the contract he was with yeah. the Dolphins. Yeah, I suppose. So he's currently thirty-two. He's an unrestricted free agent in two thousand and nineteen, but he doesn't count against the cap um, in twenty eighteen. So he's sort of it's one of those deals where he's got a couple of years left, but one of them possibly doesn't really count, and so he's trying to get paid whilst he still can because at thirty-two, you know, he's not got long left. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, he's he's quite a uh, quite a boost to the Jaguars team, though, isn't he? I don't know because I mean he's good when he's been healthy, but he's not been very healthy recently, hasn't he? Has well, he? He, I mean, he, he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play a lot last season. He didn't play a huge amount last season. But I think when he's when he's when he's healthy and when he's playing and he's and he's he's doing well, he's he's. I think he could fit in quite well in Jag- in Jacksonville. I think so. I mean, the thing for me is that I think it's a transition re-signing. I think it's it was quite a canny sort of um, trade in that the Jaguars needed help, and I, I can't help but think that um, with a the new regime there, they're, they're going to try and improve the line and run the ball more, and I can see why they signed him, because yeah. you can't fix all the problems in the draft, and so this was one that they could sort of get in and, and you know try and try and find out what they've got. But, you know, at 32, this is not a long-term solution to what is otherwise a very young team. I don't think it's going to be causing a pub, uh, problem amongst the players. When you when you talk to people about this sort of thing, you hear that you know mm. if it's contract that the players understand because they're all doing it, and as long as you know you don't start missing the Mandrich tree stuff and really hurting them, they, they totally understand players holding yeah. out and agitating for a contract. So I think it, it is what it is. But you know, it, it, if it rolls into um, training camp, then you'll have a problem. Yeah, well, another team who've been uh, who've been uh, looking to strengthen their uh, their O line is the Colts um, and Jim Irsay, the uh, the Colts owner. Um, he's come out this week and said that uh, he believes that the Colts O line issues are now fixed, um, and uh, that's obviously going to be going to be news to uh, to Andrew Luck's ears. Um, over the years, the, the Colts have obviously tried to uh, to build a bit a bit of a team around uh, their their star asset, Andrew Luck, um, but they have kind of struggled in 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 bringing really that success, and they're largely down to the to the cap room, which we've discussed on this pod numerous times. Um, Andrew Luck's missed eight games over the last two seasons due to injury. He was hit 128 times uh, in 2016, which was the second most in the NFL. So there was definitely some fixing to be done on that O line. But but what what do you think is different or going to be different this year? Well, the big thing I assume Ursa is putting his, his faith in is the fact that they have a new um, GM in Chris Ballard yeah. and. I mean, let's be honest, apart from drafting um, Andrew Luck, and in fairness, a couple of receivers, I, it wasn't so much when you were talking about the cap, the cap wasn't the bit that I was objecting to. It was 
if you remember, they talked about getting there like a year earlier when they thought so. They said, like, let's go for it. And they signed like a whole bunch of old players right at the end, yeah. a, a, end of their a, of their careers. And they didn't really work out. But they've not really built a team round Andrew Luck. And he certainly, um, a bit like me harping on about the Dolphins, about drafting large gentlemen to play guard, the Colts seem to have a diversion to both sides of the ball. So not only did they not draft offensive linemen, particularly around Andrew Luck, but also they, they didn't beef up their front seven when they consistently got run into the ground. And, and, and that's basically the Patriots' way of repeatedly beating them, is to just keep running the ball and they couldn't stop them. So Ballard seems to have come in and he's he's been busy in free agency but at a particular level so they've not been like uber spenders but they've been picking here and there and trying to shore up the defense has obviously been a focus and they drafted a center last year and Ursay, i don't think you can trust anything that he says but there's <laughs> reasons to hope that, that, that despite the bluster of the owner because i think he'll he'll say this kind of stuff come rain or shine in fairness we are in the middle of silly season this is all everybody is looking better than they've ever looked and everybody's healthier than they've ever been other than you know the injuries have started coming in already for, for, for like the voluntary workouts but it does feel like the front office might be getting his act together but i'm not sure that you can just turn it around in an off season but if if they have really fixed the problems, do you think the off- the offense? Well, it should be pretty strong, shouldn't it? The the offense should be really strong. I mean, basically, if if Andrew Luck has anything like time, and he does bring some of this onto onto himself because he does hold onto the ball, and he has acknowledged yeah. this that you know he he's one of those quarterbacks. Uh, it feels a bit like Ben Roethlisberger, but he's not afraid to hold in and make the play. But that does generate a certain level of turnovers and a certain number of hints. But you know, yeah, if you can give him some some you know just decent protection, I I, I think the offense will be strong. But also, in fairness, they scored a lot of points last year. It's just they couldn't stop anybody. They shipped up, yeah, I was going to say they shipped a lot you know, as well. They, they, they're one of these teams that they're an exciting team to watch because you know no team seemed to be out of it in any game against them. Yeah, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I think uh, I think that uh, if they, if they can if if they can shore up that defense, it's uh, that's they, they they are going to be. I think they'll be a, they'll be a strong uh, strong team. The, uh, for the it's for ga- the it's going to be season. an interesting division this year. I, I yeah. have to say, I think I really think that uh, um, with you know obviously with the Texans last season new new blood in 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 Jacksonville and the Colts. I think it's going to be an, ex- in, in, an interesting season. Said he, stuttering and 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 and. and. <laughs> well, there'll be, there'll be uh, more more chance for us to uh, to talk about that in the uh, in the coming weeks when we uh, start looking at uh, the AFC. Once we've uh, finished up our wrap up of the NFC, um, yeah, and, and I'm waiting for all the complaints from the fourth team that I can't remember that's in their division. But <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as the teams start uh, start making their way back to uh, back to back to well, the players start making their way back to the teams after a, after a little uh, little holiday. Uh, the, uh, they're, they're starting to uh, starting to work on some of their some of their uh, on 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 field uh, bits and pieces but also by the looks of things some of their off uh, off field sessions as well so uh, Vance Joseph Broncos head coach has spoken out recently about some of the uh, the off season sessions that his team are, are undertaking including uh, a refresh on how how best to use social media uh, it follows a bit of a bit of a faux pas from safety Will Parks uh, who posted two two uh, video video well video of two plays uh, from practice on his Snapchat account, which were unfortunately for uh, for them interceptions thrown by Paxton Lynch, which was which kindly seen as a, a bit of a criticism on how he's doing in the off season. Um, just how important is is 
uh, is it for players, especially those who are new to the spotlight, I suppose, to use social media responsibly? I mean, social media is one of those sort of banes of our lifetimes and bonuses. Because, yeah. you know, on one hand, you, you know, you get extra access or you can do with fans. But on the other hand, you know, if you look at somewhere like Twitter, it, it, it feels like, you know, it's where horrible people go to be horrible to each other. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of lucky in that I get the good side of it. You know, it also helps being, you know, white and not a woman. So um, <laughs> I, I'm left alone. But, you know... I think for the players, it, it, it can be a way of them reaching out and interacting and selling their own brand, which is good for them. But also, you know, it carries its own pitfalls, as we've seen. And teams, particularly NFL teams, seem to be conservative in nature. And coaches are going to go absolutely ballistic if if players are giving away their secrets by videoing plays. And you just see sort of this sort of thing. And I noticed in your notes you mentioned the whole Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, like streaming the 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 post-match speech from Tomlinson and knowing how locker talk you know how locker room talk can be not in terms of like you know the locker room talk and and, and awfulness that cause sometimes going out there but just language you know we're quite lucky that Tomlinson wasn't saying anything horrendous or, yeah. <laughs> about, about the opposition or anything he was just you know talking uh, talking fairly cleanly but it's just it's crossing a line because the locker room is meant to be a sanctum for these players and I do think that there will be some kickback amongst the team as well as management management will obviously want to keep it super corporate and won't, won't want any distractions because that's the byword for, 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 for coaches but it's a useful tool and gives us can give us great insights and, and the players a chance to reach out and represent themselves which you know can often be a very good thing but also is a bad thing if they're not a great person but you know we tend to do a, a we, I think we necessarily focus on, on the problem players and we don't always shout up about the huge number of players that are doing great things. And, and I think it's just a further extension of modern time and what's going on in the world. It is. And, and social media is such a huge part of, of, of the world now and, and certainly the Western world and, and how everything kind of works in terms of, like you say, self-publication and, 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 and the brand growth and things like that. It's such a, it's such a, a, a big tool for them. I mean, the NFL was even... they. Twitter was showing was showing the Thursday was it Thursday night games or the Monday night it must have been Thursday night games it was Thursday night yeah Twitter was showing those last year so it's it's just goes to show how just how big a a, 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 a thing it really is and it's it's I, only I, I think, think it's, it's only going to grow no no coincidence that last year Twitter was streaming Thursday night games this year we've got Amazon doing it yes they're they're testing the market to see who will come at them when the next time's big round and what they can do with the new media because. It's kind of interesting that a lot of the talk of the ratings dropped last season. Some of it was the election. Some of it was was just what was going on. I'm not sure what effect the Kaepernick actually had, but you know there was some talk about that. But I think the other thing that possibly is harder for them to actually put a number on, but it's definitely going on, is the people who are you know the disconnected generation who are not haven't got cable and you know might have game pass or might be streaming and in you know i don't think that you know the official ratings take into account you know hello we're watching we're watching on game pass but we don't count to american figures and there's people around the world watching the game so i'm not worried about i'm not so worried about it viewing but i think we need to get smarter about how we analyze and track it and i think social media um rolls into it and I actually think the NFL isn't always that great if you look at um, basketball which has really embraced social media they've basically let their clips go up so you know if there's an amazing dunk in the game it goes round through Twitter like anything and the NFL have been much more buttoned up and corporate and very protective of what they see as their their intellectual property their products but yeah exactly and so I mean you do see it in some of the big the big sites where they're showing little video clips and, and they're being able to draw up 
draw, draw up sort of plays and see what's going on and an analysis. And I think that there'd be a big market for that sort of stuff if the NFL were willing to embrace it a bit more. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think time will tell on in in, in terms of uh, how 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 big a, big an animal it becomes within within the NFL. But uh, yeah, I think I think it certainly will uh, only only grow in size. I would say. Yeah, and just rolling up with a final point before you panic about um, the timings of your podcast but I do I don't also don't think it's a coincidence that it's Vance Joseph you know first year as a head coach young up homecoming coaches you, you know everybody's uh, been talking about him as, as a leader of men and so there were some that quite surprised with the amount of experience he had before he got head coach and I can understand that but having you know heard the talk around him when he was on the Bengals I'm not necessarily surprised that he is switched on enough to be like this is a thing we need to address because I'm working with you know corners who tend to be the more voluble personality on the on the team anyway because you have to be brash and self-confident because you don't survive at corner because you're on an island and there's nowhere to hide when it goes wrong i'm not necessarily surprised that he's the one that's saying look we need to do something about this no absolutely okay so now it's the off season where we are going through division by division and having a look at uh, how we think people will fare uh, in the next uh, in the next season uh, so this time we're going to look at we're gonna, well we're going to look at a couple of divisions this week seeing as we're a little bit late with the uh, with the podcast uh, first of all it's going to be the NFC North that's usually one of my uh, one of my favourite divisions it's usually quite a, uh, a hotly contested division um, last year it finished Green Bay Packers on 10 and 6 Detroit Lions were second on 9 and 7 uh, Minnesota Vikings third on 8 and 8 and uh, propping up the division was the uh, Chicago Bears at three and thirteen. Uh, so we'll start and go. In, we'll go in that order. Green Bay Packers, uh, despite an inconsistent start, uh, they went four and six after week eleven. Uh, they, they won their uh, the last six regular season games uh, to top the division. They ended up uh, losing out in the championship game to the Falcons, uh, who obviously went on to the uh, to the Super Bowl, uh, and it finished twenty one forty four. But it did see them going uh, down twenty four nothing at half time, which was the first time I'd seen the Packers being dominated for for a long while. Um, they're a team that notoriously don't really set the world alight with their with their drafting, but uh, they've, they've drafted fairly defensively this year, and certainly in the first few rounds. Do you think that was a uh, a good idea, G? Yes, because defence was a problem. Sorry, the reason I was a slight hesitant is that the the, the Packers are sort of founded on draft and develop, and that's what they do. What they don't do is hit free agency, and. I think that's a slight misnomer because they do bring in the occasional one. Julius Peppers, who's just left, was an, a very obvious free agent success, and they've just signed, signed Martellus to Bennett from from the Patriots. But they tend to do it here and there, and there's been some worry that, given the fact that they've had something like thirty years of um, sort of and not just NFL um, competence, but sort of NFL elite quarterback play, that so far they've had two Super Bowls to show for it. And, you know, there are some that are worried about Aaron Rodgers, who's 32, 33 now. He's young that age because he sat for three years behind Brett Favre. Yeah. But possibly they haven't made the most of it and they've not been aggressive enough. But I think defense was an obvious place to go because it needed refreshing. And they started off with a very strong run defense. But, I mean, they were so injured at corner that it's hard to take a true value. But they clearly needed to reload load and reorganize. And with Aaron Rodgers and the receiving core they had, you might worry about about the line as they've lost a couple of players, but you know it was the defensive side of the ball that seemed to need something. Uh, I know that a lot of Packers fans, there's been a lot of them that worry about uh, their coordinator and whether they need to need a change there as well. But being a quite traditional um, team that believed in continuity, they, they, they sort of held on to him, and we'll just have to see how it shapes up um, in in this new season coming. 
We will. Uh, well, you, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and we obviously spoke about elite quarterbacks um, earlier on. I, w- I would say that he is one of the uh, the, the, the elite QBs in the league, uh, and he has been for a while. Um, he's always one that can be can be relied upon for a, for a last second sort of a hail mary, isn't he? He's one of these uh, players that can that can really pull a big play out of the bag in the last few seconds. And you also mentioned that obviously he's he's, he's young for, for for his age because because he did sit for a few years behind uh, Brett Favre. But how, how long do you think he's got? He's potentially got left. Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be worried about it for, for for the next few seasons because, as I say, he's not been hit a lot. It seems that quarterbacks can be playing later and later, and I think it's really up to him and how committed he is to keep going. But it's probably thirty five, thirty six before we need to start worrying of you know is he is he holding up? I mean, we've seen with elite quarterbacks that it can just go, but. There's no reason to think that that you know in the next couple of seasons he's going to retire. Mm, no, I, I wouldn't say he's, he's, he probably will, but uh, he's he's this will be without looking it up. I don't know. This will be his what eighth, ninth year as starting quarterback in the in in the for the Packers. So he's 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 certainly an experienced guy. I think he's right in the um, in the sweet spot of your career because um, he won't have started to physically um, decline yet, and he's got you know that mental sharpness that he knows what he's doing if anything he can sometimes make life harder for his um is his lineman because because he's moving around and they have to have to hold blocks so long but it's very interesting if you listen to them talking about um being graded by some of the football sites and 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 whatever false point um that is one of the interesting little nuggets that came out of that was they were talking about the fact that you know he that one lineman would deliberately overset and take like a step too far to allow the the player up his inside and he's basically deliberately getting beat to allow mm. rogers to slip on the outside and it's like you know so that show up as a bad play against the lineman but it also shows the skills he has and the trust that's going on in that offense and he very famously tests his receivers in in training camp and, and, and the new guys to work out whether he can trust them and whether he's happy to throw the ball in the game. So it, I, I think he's an incredibly good quarterback who sometimes gets over-analyzed with the whole California call thing. But yeah, I think he'll be good for a good few seasons because frankly, um, he's probably the best arm talent in the NFL right now and as good as anybody. Interesting. Yeah, I, I tend, to, tend to agree there with, uh, in terms of arm talent. Um, well, the, yeah, the, the Detroit Lions finished uh, second up in the NFC North. Um, they they could have they could have really run away with it, uh, if with, certainly with the division, if they hadn't lost the last sort of three games of the season. Uh, they ended up coming second on nine and seven, but they they finished the season with a uh, well quite a quite a dominating defeat uh, at the hands of uh, of the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, in Wild Card Week. It was twenty six six. We spoke about him last time, certainly on the on the last podcast. But this was the first Lions season without Megatron. Um, how do you think that that really affected them? I, I, I want to be a little careful because otherwise I'm just going to repeat what I said last time. But basically, <laughs> I I think they coped fine because Jim Bob Cooter continued to develop the offense and they spread the ball around. And I think it's a little much to say, oh, they were better without. Um, without Megatron, but I think they definitely continue to improve because Calvin Johnson. But it was it was kind of because of the development of the offense rather than necessary because Calvin Johnson wasn't there anymore. Uh, I can see some argument about oh, you know he it removed the safety blanket and it made um, Stafford share the ball round and enabled yeah. him to be a leader. But to be honest, uh, you know he had Golden Tate and he had. And he had, uh, I want to say Mohamed Sanu, and that's a lie because Sanu went to the Falcons. It was the other Bengals receiver whose name escapes me. <laughs> because he's a traitor. 
or because they offered him a ludicrous amount of money, which was more than we were prepared probably, to. Probably but, that one. Yeah, probably that one, and you know it's fair enough. But it, it was it was a more balanced attack, and I've been really impressed with what Bob Coote has been doing with that offense. And so I think the thing that let them down last season was a defense that just couldn't hold up, and mm. they've been very injured, and so they they look to have been building on that and trying to sort out the running game because that was very intermittent actually running the ball. Abdullah was very good coming out the backfield and catching the ball if memory serves but it was it was a question of they were another team that, that there were a lot of last minute comebacks from Stafford because you know the defence didn't do a great job and so they will be hoping for some development there and stability and hopefully some some progress and yeah I, I've been really impressed with what, with, with, with what they've done on offence and we'll just see how it carries on next season yeah well in, certainly in the uh, in the off season this season they've been relatively quiet compared to some of some of the other teams they're not been particularly active so far is that was that i mean to me that obviously indicates that they're they're pretty happy with with what they've got I think they've been working on some things. I mean, the the when DeAndre Levy was um, sort of let go and was talking about he didn't feel like he'd been taken after and if he'd known what he'd known, he wouldn't have played and he's gone off to get surgery. You know, there, there are some questions, particularly given the fact that, you know, they hit um, Calvin Johnson for some of his salary and some of his bonus money back when he retired, which, you know, given that he's, you know, it, I would say at least the second best player in the franchise. I mean, you know, the Lions, Lions fans might be going to hang on a minute, you know, Barry Sanders and there may be the, San, the Sanders Claxon's going off. <laughs> I loved him. He was amazing. He was a video game before video games were as good as they are now. <laughs> such an amazing player. But um, I didn't know there was a, I didn't know there was a Barry Sanders Claxon. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's just one of those things that, that, I don't know, we're in the era of speculation and everybody's got hope and I just wonder how far you can raise that defence with what they've done and, and how it's going to turn out and I should be very interested to see them in the preseason. and as I need another team to add to my list because it'll be the, currently I'm at the Bengals and the Buccaneers you know, as I'm sitting here talking about it the Lions might be one for me to watch Ah, there you go. Well, um, finishing it in third place on uh, point five hundred was the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. It was a tough season for the Vikings last year. Um, they started very strongly, won their first five, uh, but they only managed then to win three of their remaining games all season. Um, as a result, they missed out on the postseason football, which they they usually uh, do get. Um, and that was they they missed out in the last week of the se- of the season, unfortunately, despite beating the Bears. Well, so unfortunate, unfortunately for my dad, um, <laughs> they uh, they had to overcome uh, quite a serious serious QB problem last season. Uh, ju- well, just toward towards the beginning of the season, anyway, uh, just before the season was about to start, the uh, the injury to Teddy Bridgewater um, knocked them sideways a little bit, um, and they they ended up giving uh, giving away their 2017 first round pick bring in Sam Bradford and um, how do you think he did do you think he's going to do well this year I think the trade was heavily criticized at the time but I think now we're beginning to see it's why... paid off isn't it well not only is it, is it paid off but you you're beginning to see why they did it with how long it's taking Bridgewater to come back from that injury and there's you know there's serious talk that they might put him on the PUP list and get an extra year out of him and just you know he's back and working but I'm not sure he's ready to hit anywhere hit the field yet and it was a such a horrible kneel uh, kneel injury that's me knee injury it's because <laughs> I've got it's because I've got a bad back at the moment I've got my own kneel injury I, I, I'd be listed as you know probable I think at the moment but um, I think I think that he was incredibly accurate, but he was throwing a lot of short ball under stuff. And I think the overhaul that they seem to have been going on at receiver and and 
you know the fact they will actually have an off season with their with their offensive coordinator because obviously not only was uh, I mean the Vikings had like a horrendous sort of year last year between Mike Zimmer having all the eye problems yeah. and he's sort of watching film and staying at home healing at the moment you had their offensive coordinator walk out after what week four and it, it's just like it, it started off really strongly and I think basically the, the defense just got gassed because the defense played really really well but they just because the offense couldn't sustain the ball and they couldn't run the ball which is one of the reasons I think he think that um, there was such a high completion percentage and all these underpasses was because they just couldn't run the ball and couldn't stretch the field either so it was lots of dink and dunk stuff but I think hopefully the Vikings will be a balanced side this year and so I think that they'll once again be competitive and up there and hopefully your dad will have a have a less stressful season Oh, he, he certainly he would certainly hope so. Um, the, uh, the the one the running back they've they've let a big name go, Adrian Peterson. That we'll discuss, discuss in a little bit more uh, detail shortly. Um, it's not a position they're particularly strong in at the moment, is it? Well, they've picked up a second round back called Dalvin Cook, who um, I believe um, they have quite a lot of, of hope for. Yeah. And I, I mean, to be honest, Adrian Peterson wasn't giving him much. It's more to me whether they're lying. The, the various line moves they made because at tackle they really struggled and they had a number of injuries and, and it was just a revolving door and that made life very difficult for them as much as anything if the live can work and give you know something for the um, running backs to run behind then you know hopefully they can get that that sort of revolved but that yeah. was their that was their second round pick and they actually drafted up with the Bengals to get him so I'm sure they did that for a very good reason yeah, I'd, I'd probably say so. Um, the, the the final team in the division is the uh, was the Chicago Bears. They if if the if the Vikings were disappointed in their season, the Chicago Bears will be uh, yeah would have been really kicking themselves. They uh, there was a really quite disappointing season in Chicago. Uh, they struggled. They won only three games all season, uh, including uh, just one win in their last eight games. Um, one of the few bright points of the season last year was was Jordan Howard, uh, their running back. They drafted him in the uh, in the fifth round last season. He ended up going to the Pro Bowl and having a, having a pretty decent season. Do you think he could uh, prove important again this year? I think he will have to because Lord knows what's going on with their quarterback. Yes, yeah. I mean the Bears have had, shall we say, an eventful off season, and was everybody to claim that they very much lost the draft basically on the first day. For those not in the know, they traded up from from like three to two. They traded yes, up like yeah. one or two places to get to pick Mitchell Trubisky, which everybody was fairly certain the Forty Nines weren't going to pick, but somehow they managed to fleece them into doing it and giving away picks to do it, having already signed Mike Lennon to what looked like starter money at the beginning of free agency. Now everybody was sort of decrying that the Eagles did something similar when it opened up for um, them to draft uh, draft Carson Wentz Carson the Wentz, year before. Yeah. But, but there was a bit more of a logical process and basically they stepped up and then realised they could step up again and they could get a quarterback that they thought was really worth it. Um, I don't think anybody thought the quarterbacks were this worth it and given the number of problems they had, I'm really surprised they've done it because if you look at them, they were so injured last season so they're hoping to get a lot of players back but they have they only picked five players in the draft mm. and it just feels like... I, and I was thought that Fox was building something over there but they were just so injured last season that sometimes you just get those years those years where, where it all goes back in theory it could be better on paper this year but I'm just not sure that the front office is working in lockstep with the with the coaching staff particularly when you've got Glennon at a draft party where suddenly they trade up and pick a pick a QB to replace him when he basically wanted to play and he's very in front of fans and knows nothing about this 
Yeah, well, they they dropped a, they dropped a fair few players in the off season. Elshon Jeffrey uh, is is obviously a biggie. Um, they've also picked up a few as well. Uh, Dion Sims came in from the Dolphins. Um, how, how do you think they're going to do in in, in two thousand and seventeen? I think I. Uh... You know what? I find the Bears really hard hard to 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 judge. I'm not terribly confident because I I just feel that like if you have this much um, overhaul in the off season, the, the chance, it's more likely that it's going to go wrong than it's going to go right. The Giants proved me wrong last year in in my thing that you can't you know turn it around massively with free agency with what they did. But you know they're one example that I can point to. You can you can help yourself in free agency. Look at the Alex Mack signing for the Falcons. Yeah. Say, you know, it is perfectly possible to do it, but I just feel that it's a long-term German job in the Bears, and I'm not sure that this was the most efficient way to go about it. And and with the stuff at quarterback, I I, I fear for this team for this season. I have to confess. I agree. <laughs> Okay, next it's time for the NFC South. So uh, last year it finished Atlanta Falcons, who uh, obviously went on to uh, to play in the Super Bowl. They finished eleven and five at the top of the division. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were nine and seven in second place. New Orleans Saints were seven and nine, and the Carolina Panthers uh, propped up the division. Who'd have seen that coming at the uh, the beginning of the year? Um, so the Falcons, uh, we'll go again. We'll go in uh, in, in that uh, top to bottom order. Uh, the Falcons made it all the way to uh, Super Bowl in 2016, despite uh, amassing a big lead. They ended up come, fortunately coming second and uh, just slightly falling short to the Patriots. Uh, they'll feel extremely disappointed not to have, uh, have, have finished the year as champions. Um, they've lost Kyle Shanahan, their offensive coordinator. Um, he's he's gone to the San Francisco 49ers as their new head coach. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have this year? I think it's going to have an impact because everybody was talking about how good Kyle Shanahan was and we yes. don't know how the promotion from within will pay out until um and, and until it sort of you know has a chance to manifest and we see it in action. But that said, I'm still I've been impressed by what I've heard from their head coach, you know, in terms of Dealing with dealing with the aftermath of of, of of the Super Bowl and Dan Quinn talking about how he's going to attack it and the, there's sort of you know, a well known f- sort of curse of, of the Super Bowl loser struggling the following season. But if, I I do actually still feel quite positive about the Falcons. And the other thing is that I think that Matt Ryan has put to bed some of his talk about him not being clutch and not being a, a, a playoff performer. And mm. he's a good quarterback. And so th- I believe they're keeping the system. And so I have a feeling that they will be good this year. I'm yeah. not saying they won't be affecting. I'm not saying they're going back to the Super Bowl, but I expect them to be competitive. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I'm fairly positive about the uh, the Falcons still, despite uh, a, a couple of losses. One one person that they have brought in is, is people like Don, Dontari Poe, your, your favourite from the, uh, from the Chiefs. Uh, they, and they've also had a, a, quite a defensive draft as well. It, it, that was definitely the, the weaker side of the ball last year, wasn't it? It wasn't, it wasn't. I thought that they ran out of steam, but they played quite well and they had a lot of young players on the side of that ball. So I think they're, they're, they're slowly moulding that defence in, in Dan Quinn's image. And, I mean, obviously, I, what I like about Dom Tari Poe signing is that he plays really well in burst. And I, I, I'm quite a fan, but you hear people talk about um, they're worried about his is sort of like every down production but they've given him like a one year prove it deal which I think is kind of canny business and we'll you know we'll see if they sign him long term or, yeah, or not after that but yeah. but I just feel like the defence is heading in the right direction already in, the, in adding pieces to that and an offence that already has a lot of options for, for an established you know quarterback who is pr- 
I don't know. It was the first season where he made an argument that he, he, you know, he could be considered amongst the elite options, having been very, very good and like a tier below before. And I think that you know, if he starts repeating that and starts having those in year in year out, then mm. the Falklands are going to compete. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came uh, came second in the division. This was uh, unfortunately it was a division that uh, where only one one team made it into the playoffs last year. Um, they looked at one point like they might get into the playoffs, but unfortunately they yeah they they just just narrowly missed out. Um, they lost three of the last four, uh, but they did uh, manage a fairly decent run in mid season, which gave them a, a positive win loss ratio. Um, James Winston's starting to starting to settle into life as a as a pretty highly rated NFL quarterback. Um, they've signed Sean Jackson from Washington to give him another target as well, uh, but they also let uh, Russell Shepard go. Do you, do you think they've? Would you, would you say that's an upgrade? Do you think they've upgraded? I th- I think the Buccaneers are going to be. Um... It's kind of funny because if you listen to certain NFL commentators, they've been saying for a number of years that the um, the Buccaneers are a team to watch this year. But I kind of do fancy him this season. I certainly think they'll be a, you know a very good watch on hard knocks. I think that Macklin gives you an outside presence. They've also picked up OJ Howard, which everybody was saying was a really really good tight end. And I just feel like with James Winston's um, sort of like development and, and the moves they've made, that they're really heading in the right direction. Yeah, well, Jeremy Winston's he's, he's he's also got some competition coming this uh, this whole season. In, <laughs> well, you you sort of in, uh, in Fitz in, Magic. In, yeah, Fitz, Fitz. Well, let's let's Fitz Tragic, um, who's. Uh, <laughs> He's coming from the uh, from the Jets. He's one of one of the the many many people to have uh, to have left the Jets in the off season. Um, I, I can't see him pushing that hard, can he? He's gonna he's got to be settling for for a number two. Yeah, you know he's a high end backup. He is, um, you know, James Winston is very much established as a man. There'll be no con- you know competition there. Basically, he is there if if there should be an injury or if they need to rest him. That they've got somebody who they know can come in and win games in short spurts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, the New Orleans Saints—they were—they uh, were the third third place uh, in in the NFC South. Um, they'll feel a bit disappointed following last year's uh, third place, uh, finished in on seven and nine. They uh, they really struggled with consistency, never managing to win more than two games in a row all year. Um, what do the Saints need to do to get themselves back into a winning position? Do you think? Get a defense that you know plays defense. Yeah, that, uh, that kind of works. Yeah, I mean, they're improving, but my word, they still had some moments. I can't remember. See, we're now getting to the stage because we've been doing this a couple of years that I'm mixing up my seasons. So I can't remember if it was last season where against the Titans, they had like a a ball bounce off three players landing Delaney Walker's hands and he just ran like half a length field through everybody. And it was was like a comedy of errors. And I'm not sure if it was last year or the year before, but the defence has not been great for a long time and I think you know they've been investing players I'm fairly certain in the draft and in, in free agency but this is another team where where you do wonder given Drew's breeze is you know the fact that he owns like it's, I think it's at least half of the 5,000 yard leagues that have been or 5,000 5, yard seasons that have been done in the league it's something really impressive he has quietly been an incredible incredible player and and it just always seems to be only good for around 500 football because they don't seem to have sorted the other side of the ball since the deflate gate scandal and they've, <laughs> they've just never been the same since then and I met, didn't mean deflate gate I meant bounty gate yeah absolutely yeah, I was, I good thing I was going to say that was, that was the Patriots wasn't it yeah I was, um, was going to say it, it, it was just a, it, it was a terrible misspoke it's fake news guys it's alternative <laughs> facts it's me being an idiot uh, we mentioned last pod that Adrian Peterson's also joined the ranks in New Orleans do you think he's going to get much game time I don't know, because you see, on the one side of things, you've got 
yeah, it's that time of year. So everybody's saying how good he looks in in shorts, and you know how how they can already see how fast he's hitting the hole and how good he looks. He's been not great for the last two seasons. Obviously, he had he's not really come back since since the ban, but he was also nicked up last year, and you do wonder whether after last year he's had some time to get fit and whether there will be some kind of renaissance. But also. It seems strange that he runs from the eye formation, and I don't know how much the Saints do that with Drew Brees, who, um, I mean, they tend to focus on the guards and getting the ball out quickly. So I'm not sure how much of a fit he is for the offense and how much work he can get. But if he's not running the ball all the time, it might keep him fresher, but he's always been a volume back. So I'm curious about the fit in the Saints, I have to say. Yeah, I I was a little surprised, I must say, when I saw he'd uh, he'd, he'd gone to New Orleans. I, I can't... I personally can't see him, see him playing all that much. Although, if I make it to Wembley, I'd like to. Uh, be, be nice to, uh, to to see him get a few downs. Uh, I mean, the only thing I will say to that is that Sean Payton is no mug on the offensive side of the oh, ball. No, no, I'm no, sure. No. I'm sure he has a plan. So you know, in Payton, that we trust is I'm sure what they're saying in down in New Orleans. I would suggest so. Yeah. Uh, well, the Panthers, uh, one of the one of the surprise packages, Carolina Panthers. Uh, one of the surprise packages of the year last year, uh, but unfortunately not for the right reasons. They 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 lost in 2015 Super Bowl, and then they really struggled last year. They they finished at six and ten for the season. And I don't think I think in our divisional pick, I don't think anybody saw them uh, saw them finishing anything other than about first or second. Um, what exactly went wrong for the Panthers last year? It's not just the curse of the uh, the losing Super Bowl team, is it? No, but it was sort of it was it was a combination of things. I mean. <laughs> The offense didn't flow like it did the year before. Newton was a bit nicked up, but also it, you know, there were just injuries in the running game didn't work. But also the defense, I mean, obviously you've got the concussion issues with Luke Keekley. Yeah. And, you, you know, we all remember, or at least I vividly remember, you know, the picture of him, you know, sat on the turf crying and I'm just sat yeah, there. I I, you know, I, I, we all play, there's always a little bit of dichotomy that we're always wearing the back of our heads what playing football does to the brain and you know I certainly sit there and it colours the way I see tackles and I do think about it and, and it's that kind of thing that makes me really worry about a player like that you know just getting out there again now I'm sure you know he's a grown man he can make his own decisions you know and he's getting recompensed you know at, at a serious rate for doing it but you do worry about his long term health and whether he should be playing and the other thing was that with Josh Norman, they didn't just lose Josh Norman, although that was the headline move in the off-season before last season, but they lost basically three-quarters of that, that group, and they've been making do with the secondary a lot, a lot. but they had so many rookies that it took them, you know, probably a good half-season before they really began to get the hang of what scheme they could play and how it would work, and so they improved a bit, but... It was a really rough season, and we'll see how they bounce back. Yeah, well, uh, the, the one thing they have done this this season is, is they've made some some really good signings on their on their offense in the off season. So Julius Peppers, uh, obviously, uh, has gone in from Green Bay. He's on the defense. I was going to say, well, uh, there's big signings <laughs> on offense they've made, and the first thing you name is like like yeah. uh, is a defensive player. All right, the, the Green Bay. They've, they've signed uh, Julius Peppers from, from the uh, the Packers on the defense, but on, on the offensive side of things, they've got people like like Matt Khalil from the uh, from from the Vikings, Charles Johnson, uh, for, also from the Vikings as well. Um, do you think we could we could see that the, the return of the, the Panthers form this year? We shall have to see. Um, it's interesting that uh, they've given they also drafted Christian uh, McCaffrey, who's um, very got very good at hands at the backfield. It feels like they're they're trying to give. 
um, Cam Newton under options. I, I feel like last season they were trying to make him into a bit of a, a pocket quarterback and it didn't quite work, but you, you obviously can't run him so much either. So I think they've got to try and find some balance and some way of getting cheap, easy yards. And yeah. I think there's been very much a focus of giving him more options on an offense other than for the sort of like the giant receivers with the huge catch radius that they've had. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop, but uh, it's all quite young. And so it's not the kind of signing that makes me go, oh, wow, look at what they've done. It's not like the Patriots who seem to have had an amazing free agency, and I'm sure we'll cover them um, when we get around to them later. But, you know, I I have trust that, you know, this is the same stuff that built the team that went to the Super Bowl, and I think Cam Newton is allowed a down year, and I have faith that he should bounce back. It's just a question of to what level they get to. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's that time then. Um, we're going to look at the, the North and the South. We've got... Give us your uh, your pick for who's going to win these two divisions. I know I know how much you've been relishing making these uh, these picks. I won't I won't hold you back any longer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be um, probably between Packers Vikings in the north. And I lean Packers, but um, in fact, depends yeah. on the Vikings and, and I, I, offense. I think you're right. But in terms of the South, I much think closer, be- isn't it? Yeah, I think it's going to be really competitive. I think, I feel like the Bucks are going to be there. I feel like the Panthers are going to be there, and I feel like the Falcons will be there. And it will be between them with the Saints possibly hanging around. But I'm just not sure. I've yet to see anything in the off season that makes me conv- that makes me convinced that anything's going to change from the seven and nine that they seem to have gone through mm. in the last few years. And so I think it's between those three years. But I'm not sure, or for, between the other three teams. But I'm I wouldn't. I'm not sure. I'd like to order them other than just because we don't know about injuries. But also, it just feels like they they all feel like they could come out and legitimately win this the division this year. Yeah, I, I'd like to see the, the the Buccaneers do do well personally. I've uh, I, I do quite like uh, I must say I do quite like the Buccaneers. I just uh, think but... you like pirate ships. I think that it's just like you like that fact that when they score a touchdown, their pirate ship fires cannons, and you are in fact six. I mean, that's uh, it's it's a positive. It's certainly yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, before before we go, thing, let's turn the tables. Who are your picks then, sir? My picks. Uh, ooh, okay. Um, I agree with you on the in the north. I think it's I think it's going to be between the the Packers and the uh, and the Vikings. But I, I I think the Packers will probably nick it. Um, I think that the I think the Panthers will do better this year. But I think they've got. I think they. I don't think they're going to be kind of top two. I think. I think. I think it's going to be the same two again. I think we're looking at Falcons and 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 Buccaneers and. Probably, prob- probably Falcons getting it again. Interesting. I'm not sure that the but I'm trying to work out if I'm brave enough to say that because I don't disagree with that at all. But I just I, I don't know if I'm brave enough to say that Buccaneers will just keep progressing and with the Super Bowl hangover that maybe it's the Bucks years to get the division. Well, mate, the, well, what I was the whole thing I was thinking while I was saying that was what I'm saying is the Saints are probably going to come fourth, and I'm not sure I could see that either. Oh, when the Saints come marching in, I think it's going to be a very interesting division. I do not think that this is going to, you know, I think this is going to be one to keep an eye on through the year. It will be. Are you ready for some football? 
Well, that's all we've got time for again this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard so far, uh, please do remember to uh, give us a like and subscribe and a review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. It really does uh, help to uh, get us into as many ears as we possibly can. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a roundup of the uh, news between now and then. Hopefully by then they'll have actually finished the, uh, the NFL Top 100 from last season. Um, <laughs> we'll also be uh, wrapping up our NFL preview, uh, sorry, our NFC preview by uh, looking at the NFC West. Uh, in the meantime, check out thewrongfootball.com for more from the mind of G. And remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can either drop us an email to tvfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Help me, I'm trapped in the mind of G. Thank you.